I have some really exciting news for listeners of the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Most people think lifestyle investing is about making more money or creating additional passive income streams. And while that is part of it, the most savvy lifestyle investors understand that having a solid tax strategy is fundamental and really foundational to creating wealth. I firmly believe that having the right tax strategy is the single best investment that you can make. I know tax strategy isn't the sexiest topic, but once you understand a few key elements to the IRS playbook, the compounding benefit you receive year after year is enormously significant. In fact, we have members inside the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind who have used these strategies and have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in some cases, millions of dollars. This is not a nice to have if you're interested in growing your wealth. This is a must. In our brand new tax strategy masterclass, I have hand-selected and shared the details of the 28 most valuable strategies to help you increase your tax savings this year and for years to come. Plus, if you want to hire a top-tier tax strategist, it can easily set you back tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. And you want to make sure that you have the best, most accurate information to ensure that you're hiring the right person for you. That's why we included a whole section with advice, resources, and multiple interviews with my personal tax specialists to help you build a bulletproof tax team, but for a fraction of the cost. The entire tax strategy masterclass was designed for people like you who want to keep more of their hard-earned money without having to sift through the complicated tax code. If you're interested, head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash tax to learn more about the course or set up a free consultation call with our team at lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation. Again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash tax. Do you want to invest in lifestyle investor deals? Save more on taxes? Find like-minded and highly successful people to spend time with and to learn from? Apply to join the world's most exclusive mastermind that turns everyday people into savvy investors. You'll get access to private deals that are not available to the public. These deals have been sourced by me personally and de-risked through preferred investment terms, giving you an unfair advantage that most people just don't get. To learn more and apply, visit lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash mastermind. Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. We're often told that we can't have financial success while enjoying a life of fulfillment. Today's guest, Grant Baldwin, is a living example that you can have both if you play your cards right. Grant wasn't willing to sacrifice time spent with family just to see more zeros in his bank account. He has created abundance in both his business and his personal life. Grant learned the ins and the outs of the speaking business by surrounding himself and learning from people ahead of him. He went from speaking to a handful of people in small rooms to filling up arenas and stadiums. Today, as the founder and CEO of the Speaker Lab, Grant teaches speakers how to find and book gigs. During his 10 plus years of experience, he's coached more than 2,000 people to become better speakers. He's surrounded by eight players and has a work schedule that allows him to enjoy life with his wife and three daughters. 
In today's episode, we dig into the journey from a youth pastor to a massively successful public speaker, how to turn speaking into a lead generation machine, and the importance of learning from people ahead of you. One more thing before we get to today's interview. Grant has a special gift for Lifestyle Investor podcast listeners. He's giving you a free copy of his book, The Successful Speaker. In this book, Grant outlines the exact system he used to build his seven-figure speaking career. His system has helped thousands of other speakers get booked and paid to speak on a consistent basis. The book is yours for free. All you need to do is cover the cost of shipping. To get access to this gift, visit justindonald.com forward slash 97. Thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Grant Baldwin. What's up, Grant? I'm so excited to have you on the show. And uh, it's just been so much fun hanging out with you here recently. And uh, it really is a pleasure to to connect even more. I, I can't wait for my audience to hear just more about the cool stuff you're doing in this world. Man, I, I appreciate it. The uh, The feeling is mutual and I've uh, really enjoyed connecting, hanging out, getting to know each other a bit more over the past several months. And so looking forward to our uh, conversation today. It's going to be fun. Well, this is great because on so many levels, I mean, you're impressive through and through. And so we've got so much to talk about from the standpoint of you as a speaker, you as an entrepreneur, kind of building this speaker's program and, and business. The transition from like creating a good amount of of wealth and like what to do with it, joining the lifestyle investor mastermind. I mean, there's so much that I want to dig into, but um, maybe we just start at the beginning. I'd love to hear kind of how you got your start and how you, you transitioned kind of from just how this vision of speaking kind of evolved to what it is today. Yeah. So the uh, the nutshell is way back in high school, I was really involved in my local church and my youth pastor had a big impact in my life. And so uh, I was like, I want to do that. Like That seems like a cool gig and, and kind of felt like if, if I could make the kind of impact and difference in others' lives that he had made in my own life, uh, like that just seemed incredibly fulfilling and worthwhile in terms of work. And so that's kind of the direction I was, I was on. Uh, I went to Bible college. I was a youth pastor at a different local church for a little while. And that gave me a lot of opportunities to speak. And speaking is one of those things I felt like it was decent at. I wanted to do more of, but just didn't really know like, how does this world work? Like, how do you find gigs and how much do you charge and who hires speakers? And like, how does this mysterious black box of an industry work? And so at the time, there weren't really any you know podcasts or books or resources about the speaking industry. And so I found myself just harassing, stalking, emailing, pestering other speakers, just like, pick their brain type stuff. Like, how do I do this? And so uh, I learned a couple of things and started booking a few gigs here and there and basically kind of turned that into a business over the next several years. So I got to a point where I was doing about 60, 70 speaking gigs a year all over primarily the US for audiences of a handful of people to uh, arenas of thousands and thousands of people and absolutely loved it. It was an absolute blast. And I had a lot of people who were asking me like, hey, I want to be a speaker. How would I go about doing that? And at the time I got to a point where uh, I was doing a lot of gigs and I found that it was like a, uh, a high paying manual labor job and that I would get paid really, really well to stand on stage and talk. But the nature of it was I had to get on a plane. I had to leave my family. I had to go somewhere. It's kind of like a surgeon. A surgeon makes really good money for what it is that they do, but they have to show up and perform surgery. And so quickly realized like I have a job, a really cool job, but it's not a business. And so uh, as people were, were asking me like, Hey, I want to do what you do. I want to be a speaker as well. How would I do that? Do that? I started doing some coaching and teaching and training around that. And that's really evolved into what we do today. So I run a training company called the Speaker Lab. We're a completely virtual company. We've got about 28, 29 people uh, within the company now. And uh, so we work with speakers literally all over the world, helping them understand how do you find and book paid speaking engagement. So whether you want to speak uh, on the side and just do a few gigs here and there, or you're just like, hey, I want to do 50, 60, 70 gigs a year. That sounds awesome. Those are the speakers that we work with and helping them understand the ins and outs of the, the speaking business. Well, it's great when you can teach people to do the thing you've already done. I always talk about like when you want to hire a coach or when you want to hire a mentor, um, hire the person or the people that have done the thing that you actually want to do themselves. Because everyone today is a life coach. Everyone today apparently is qualified to teach you whatever it is that you want to know. And so I love that you've actually done the thing at a high level that you teach and coach people to do. I think that's so important. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I, I think it's, uh, this is advice that we give even to speakers and entrepreneurs is look for people who are a step or two ahead of you, not light years ahead of you, but a step or two ahead of you of going like, okay, that person is where I want to be, or they're on the path of going where I want to be. And, and you know, that's a big reason why I joined uh, the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind in the first place was when I came across the book, you know, a couple of years ago or whenever it was, knew that we had several mutual friends and just going like, okay, this guy, I'm in a place in my own business where I, I want to learn more about investing. I want to take some money off the table and and invest. And I'm not entirely sure what that looks like. So here's a guy that is a, in you who is a step or two ahead of where I want to be and clearly has like that the same type of values and morals and uh, the same type of philosophy on just more than just investing, but just life. And so you're a great example of that for me of what that looks like. So I think that that's, that's key in any type of whether you want to do, uh, you know, personally or professionally or recreationally or whatever it is, like who's doing something that you want to do in a way that you want to do it and being able to, to learn from them. Mm, I love it. And thanks for the kind words. I just, I couldn't, I guess, iterate this more that you really, in whatever area of expertise you want to have, find the foremost expert in that area and learn from them. Uh, I love, though, that it all stems kind of from your youth and the impact that your you know youth group and pastor had on you. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I had a very similar upbringing where uh, my youth pastor was incredibly influential on me and just uh, was an incredible guy, actually several different uh, youth pastors and had just such a profound long-term impact on me. And it was in those moments where I learned I also wanted to have impact on people and that I also enjoyed speaking and, you know, all, all these things. And so there, there's such a similarity there. And it's also interesting because one of our last, uh, one of our previous guests that we had on, Taylor Welsh, he started out in the world of, of being a pastor as well and kind of transitioned uh, into entrepreneurship. And there are a lot of people, actually, there, there are like four or five people that I've interviewed on my podcast that have had a similar path, which is interesting. Yeah. And a quick note on that, just as a total sidebar, is that Taylor and I actually came from the same youth group. And so he was a couple years younger than me. Uh, and so we didn't really know each other at the time. And, and I've talked a, a time or two since then, uh, just kind of connecting the dots. But uh, yeah, same youth group, same youth pastor that had an impact on, on both of our lives. That's incredible. And you just, it, it's so neat to kind of check that lineage and who had what impact. I just think it's profound. And then I love the desire then to pay it forward, uh, which is what you've done in your business. And one of the cool things that I want to highlight, because I've had an inside look into your business. So it's your business is highly profitable, but it's not built around profitability. The, the core culture of your organization is incredible. In fact, you brought in uh, a dear friend, Dane Espigar, to do a dream session and help mm -hmm. your people uh, to be more dream-focused and dream-oriented. And, and for anyone that hasn't checked out that podcast episode, check it out. It's, it's fantastic. But I'd love to hear some of the things that you're doing culturally that are, are making a big shift in your business. Yeah, I think that one thing I've, I've figured out for myself and just kind of learned from other people is that uh, finding, attracting, retaining good talent is really, really difficult. And yet it's one of the most important things that we can do as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as, as business leaders. And so uh, one of the things I, I tell our team all the time is that I want this to be the best place that you ever work. Now, I don't mean that in a, a manipulative way at all. I, I legit want this to be an amazing place. And so uh, meaning that everybody on our team is like amazingly talented, awesome people that could do any number of things. And so I never want them to feel like, ah, oh, the grass is greener somewhere else, or I'm in this job looking for my next job. I want them to feel like, no, no, no. Like the grass is awesome here. And so the, the reality is, is like a good number of them are going to probably do other things over the course of their career. They may start their own business or work for another company. But while they're here, I want to make it really, really difficult for them to leave. Again, not in a manipulative way in any way, but just saying like, this is such a good environment, both professionally in terms of the work that I'm doing. I know that the work that we're doing is making an impact. It's making a difference in the lives of speakers, their audiences and their families. But also I think one thing that has worked really well, and this is super, super cliche, but to really, really care about your team. I think for me as the CEO, as the founder of the company, my most important role is to take amazing care of our team. And so making sure that I'm loving on them, that I'm caring about them, not just in terms of the work that they're doing. One thing we talk a lot about, kind of a core value of how we operate, is we believe that who you are is more important than what you do. Who you are is more important than what you do. And Justin, I know this is something that, that you believe and operate in as well, that who you and I are as husbands, as dads, as human beings 
is way more important than any of the entrepreneurial crap that we do. Now, we both love the entrepreneurial stuff. It's a ton of fun, but I never want to do those things at the detriment of my, my role as a husband, as a dad, as a, as a son, as a friend, as a human being. And so those are the things that really, really matter. We make sure that we instill that in our company. And it's not something that we just say or something that we just kind of like talk about, and like sounds nice or fluffy, but something that like, no, no, this is what we truly believe. We care more about who you are as a person, who you are as a mom, as a dad, as a son, as a daughter, as a wife, as a, whatever your role is. We care more about that than what you bring to the table. And when we do that, and when we, when you know that as, as a team member, then I think that you bring your best self and you bring your best self not only to the company, to your teammates, to the customers, the employees, or the uh, the, the students that we work with, but you feel a lot more confident that my, my company has my back. They believe in me. I'm not just a number. I'm not just a cog in a system. I'm not just here to help you know line Grant's pockets or whatever, but like, no, no, the team knows that we really genuinely uh, believe in them and, and care about who they are outside of work way more than what they bring and contribute in work. Yeah, that's powerful, Grant. And it's very admirable because a lot of people don't run their business that way. But because of that, there is going to be a stickiness factor and there is going to be a retention of people. And, you know, the your team wants to know that you're looking out for them. And, you know, it's interesting. People say all, all the time to me, like, you know, hey, aren't you worried about your people leaving that you train them so well that they can go? And I say, yeah, it's a pain in the butt to have a great person leave. But my goal is to teach and train them so well that they can go off and do the thing that it is that they love. Because mm. I can always find someone else to come in. But if I'm pouring into people the way that I know that I can, hopefully they can serve the world at an even you know greater good or a higher calling than what they are with me. And if not, then they just stay with me long term. You know, one of my uh, favorite people that I've ever worked with in my entire life, her name's Mary Ortman. She's been with me since I was in Cutco. She was one of my top salespeople, became, you know, an assistant, eventually an executive assistant, promoted her to different roles in different businesses that I've started. And now she runs our entire real estate arm, everything under the banner of real estate. She runs the operations for it and just does a great job. Uh, she started with me when she's 17. I think she's been with That's me over crazy. what? 19 years now, 20 years, something like that. That's awesome. uh, and I think if you create the right environment where people can thrive, where they feel poured into, where they feel heard and listened to and appreciated, they stick around. And I think that's so important. We, uh, I was telling someone the other day, I realized that uh, it's been about 15 months since we had someone leave the company. And we, again, we've got close to 30 people on the, on the team, uh, uh, full-time employees. And so to go 15 months without anybody leaving, as far as I know, is not real common. And, and what that creates, though, is it creates an environment where people feel safe, they feel believed in, they feel valued. And I tell you what, like from a business owner, it just makes things a heck of a lot simpler because you're not constantly on the hamster wheel of trying to find the next person or trying to convince this person not to leave or you've created an amazing environment where people can thrive and be successful. And they're not just looking for the exit and not trying to trying to leave all the time. Yeah, I love it. I love all the stuff that you're doing. And what I want to do is I want to kind of dig through a bunch of things with the business here in a little bit where we talk specifics of like, you know, how do we book more paid gigs? And, yeah. uh, you know, how, how do we find ways to, you know, have speaking be beneficial and in, in maybe an uncommon space. And so I want to get into that. But while we're on the track of this, it would be interesting to learn kind of your thought process. So you're an entrepreneur, you're thriving, you're doing very well. You went from kind of being a sole proprietor to a business owner. You've scaled this business. You've got great people, great retention, great profitability. Things are going well. And then you reached out and said, hey, I'm interested. You applied you know, to the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind. Uh, I, I'm curious to know your journey. Like, why did you want to apply? What were you looking for? Did you get it? Is it living up to your expectations? I know we've gotten to do a local, like, small event in St. Louis. We came into your town yeah. and, and hosted an event, and we've done all kinds of stuff via Zoom. But you haven't even been to our annual retreat, which yeah. is kind of like where we pull out the big guns. And so I'm, I'm curious to hear just the whole process overall for you. Yeah. And so if we go back uh, a couple of years, as the business has grown, obviously, it's been spitting off more and more cash. And so as a I'm someone who's very, uh, my wife and I have been very diligent with our finances, we don't have debt. And we have done the typical traditional stuff in terms of, of maxing out 
IRAs and some traditional investment vehicles. But I'm also going like, okay, as the business is spitting off more and more cash, just putting it in the market to sit for the next 30, 40, 50 years, just as an entrepreneur, it seems super boring. Not to mention, I don't know that that's the most effective means or route anyway for uh, wealth generation, wealth building. And so I think whenever your book came out, uh, this would have been what, January 2021, 2020, something like that. You and I had several mutual friends. Uh, I picked up the book. I read it within just a couple of days. And again, it just really, really resonated with me and kind of what I was looking for in a variety of different ways, kind of the, the, the Ten Commandments that you teach there, which again, is if anybody hasn't read the book, go definitely go check it out. Uh, and so I reached out again to a couple of mutual friends and they're like, I oh, had, yeah, you know, Justin's legit knows what he's talking about. And so we, I think we corresponded a little bit, uh, I think via email or Facebook messenger or something. And so I was interested in the mastermind, but it's a, it's a big investment. And so I knew that I was interested. I wanted to do it, but I also want to make sure that the timing was right. And so I wanted to make sure I had uh, enough cash to dump into some deals at the time. My wife and I were working on paying off our house. We've talked about some of the pros and cons of that. And so we we finished paying off our house in December of 2021. And so we built this house about four years ago uh, and actually paid it off in just less than four years. And so we were super proud of that. And so now I was like, okay, now we've got some cash. And so uh, I'd really like to do this. And so in fact, I vividly remember uh, talking with my wife about this and and uh, kind of like I really had thought it through, and I knew like hey, this is a, a very big, significant investment towards a you know a, a training, coaching, mastermind type of program. I was like, I I, I think she'll be okay with it, but I'm you know it's a big investment. And so uh, I remember we were like we were into the grocery store, and uh, we were sitting in the parking lot, and I was like, hey, okay, let's like talk this through. I really want I really want your attention on this, and and want you to understand here what I'm what I'm thinking through. And so I kind of lay it all out and here's kind of the pros and cons and here's what I'm looking to get out of it. And here's how I'm going to benefit and da, 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 da. And uh, she was just kind of like, yeah, I think you should do it. And I was kind of like, well, did you hear all that? Did you hear the price tag? And she's <laughs> like, no, I can, I can tell that you've really thought it through, that you've done your homework on this and you know that it's going to be valuable. And so I've been in the, the mastermind for about seven months now, give or take or so, and invested in a handful of deals. Um, but also I think that the networking has been really, really solid. And so uh, I think there's absolutely something to, again, when you, when you think about that uh, idea we were talking about earlier of finding people who are a step or two ahead of, of where you're at, there are ways to get access to those people. And sometimes it involves paying uh, uh, and investing financially to have access. And so I view it as you are someone that from the outside I looked at, like, I, I bet we would be friends. I bet we would hit it off. I think we have a lot of similar values and, and we're both girl dads and and have amazing wives and, and amazing lives and entrepreneurial. I was like, I, I bet we would be friends. But I also know like, we're both busy. We have a lot going on. And so we, by joining the mastermind, I also know like, okay, gives me access to to you. We've hit it off and become good friends since then. But at the same time, like there's a, a large number of amazing other entrepreneurs and business owners and investors that know way more about this stuff than, than I do. And so I remember my first call, I remember finishing the call and talking to my wife about it. I said, it like, Imagine that you're like on Shark Tank and they're the investors are or the sharks are being pitched a deal, and then the entrepreneur leaves the room and the investors all talk about it, and you just get to be a fly on the wall. And I was like, it was really helpful just to understand here's the questions people have, here's the you know, red flags that people have, here's what they like, here's what they didn't like, here's how they might ask for different terms, or like that stuff was just super, super beneficial to me. In fact, even just the other day, I had a deal that I came across that was unrelated to the group. And I messaged one of the uh, uh, group members, Darcy, and I was just like, hey, man, can you like talk me through what do you think on this? And he's like, hey, let's hop on Zoom. We spent almost an hour on Zoom just walking through this. Here's why this is good. Here's what's not. Here's what you should ask about. And just like really explaining it to me, given his thought process on it. Uh, so I think it's just in a variety of different ways, it has really simplified the learning process, it is, is sped up the learning process and the learning curve. Uh, the deal flow is significant of understanding you know, why some deals are better than other deals and what to look for, uh, what makes something a good deal versus not. So I think that the group has been, it's, again, it's a big investment, but at the same time, the ROI tangibly and intangibly has, has been substantial and significant. Well, that's awesome. I appreciate hearing, you know, kind of your take and your experience. And one of the things I'm most impressed with is just the group, the community. I love yeah. the people. I can't wait to hang out with them, learn from them. I mean, you know, a lot of people show up thinking that they want to get time for me and learn soon that the group is way smarter, way brighter, sure. just the collective 
genius that's there with a guy like Dar- Darcy and many others like Darcy that are just willing to give so much of their time to help each other out and invite people over and do weekend trips and have families get to know each other. It's, it's pretty special. Yeah. And that's, to me, it's the community that, that makes everything. It's, that's the long-term value is these relationships that carry on for a lifetime. Yeah. And oftentimes, again, it is centered around investing. That's the thing that drew us all together. But there's things I'm learning about, again, being a CEO, being an entrepreneur and uh, the the lifestyle component of the, the point isn't just to accumulate a bunch of wealth. Like, what are we doing with it? How are we using that to have amazing experiences and, and uh, taxation? You know, what do we do with taxes as as your income grows that, that causes, creates tax issues and implications? And so what do we do about that? I had a call uh, with uh, two different calls, actually, uh, one today, one uh, last week with some people I met from your group um, on the on tax related issues. And so just the I wouldn't have known how to find those connections and contacts. So I think that that's also been beneficial of just again, you're kind of opening your Rolodex of hey, here's here's who I use, here's who I recommend, here's who you should talk to. And it just decreases and cuts down on what that learning curve of versus just going to Google and saying, how do I save money on taxes? Who do I need to talk to? You know, <laughs> but if I know like, okay, I trust Justin, Justin says, go talk to this person like that simplifies things significantly. Yeah, it cuts out a lot of work, right? And, you know, if I've done hours of prep, you know, vetting someone and and figuring out who's for real and who's not, and you can just say, hey, Justin's probably done more work than I would have done, or maybe I would have done just as much work, but now I don't have to do the work. It's just, a, you know, it's a huge savings of time, but cutting out a learning curve of all the questions you need to ask to make sure someone's the right fit. And, you know, I, I just think that, you know, it's so funny, like sometimes people join the mastermind and they're like, I want to... I want to get these big returns and I want to get cash flow. And yes, we do that. But most people don't realize the biggest return you can get on anything that you do, number one, from a financial standpoint, it's saving taxes. So the the greatest Mm -hmm. return you get is reducing your taxable income, which is a huge focus of ours. And I think the, the second greatest, but the overall largest overarching return is the network, the relationships, the things that are going to add value for years and years and years to come. Yeah. And I I think like you also, I think, especially when it comes to relationships, you have to be playing the long game here. So it's not like, okay, how do I get in and how do I find the perfect deal? And how how do I take X amount of dollars and turn them into Y amount of dollars? And I need to do that tomorrow. No, no. Like, especially whenever it comes to relationships, like having a long-term perspective of, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't need anything from, you know, this person or that person today, but I want to build this relationship so that maybe at some point I have a question that I, I need to ask them or I need to run it by them. But they also, they know that I'm not, coming to them just saying, Hey, I, I know we just met, but let me da, 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 da. No, it's just like, I want to build long-term relationships with people that are mutually beneficial. And there are things that maybe that I can help them with and their, you know, their business or, or speaking or whatever it may be. Uh, and, and I also know that there are things that I can ask them about. So I think having a really long-term perspective on the ROI of relationships is, is important. I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a special offer that I created for the lifestyle investor community. When I look back at my investing journey, there's one specific investment in particular that was the spark to increasing my net worth and allowing me to leave my job to become a lifestyle investor. I'm talking about mobile home parks. Yes, mobile home parks. If you just cringed a little, that's exactly why these provide such a great opportunity because of the negative stigma and stereotype people might have. In reality, this is an incredible investment that you can get into with little or no money down. You can also quickly get a return on your capital. You can immediately cash flow on day one. You can hold it forever as a cash cow. You get accelerated depreciation to reduce or eliminate the taxes that you would owe. And often the seller will finance the deal so you don't need a bank. You can also buy them at the highest cap rate of all real estate meaning it's the cheapest real estate to buy based on the income that it generates. And it's the lowest default rate of all real estate, meaning it's the safest asset class to own in real estate. I use this asset class to start my journey in real estate investing and grow my net worth to over eight figures all before I turned 40. And out of all the questions that people ask me, how do I get into mobile home parks is still the number one question that I get which is why I put together this Mobile Home Park Masterclass. This is a paid class that I'm offering for a limited time only. 
For all the details, head over to justindonald.com forward slash MHP and watch the video, which outlines all the details about the class and exactly what you get when you sign up. You'll also hear the incredible success stories from students who have gone through my content and are now making hundreds of thousands of dollars in passive income. If you want to take the same first step that I did that helped me take both my wife and I from working full-time jobs to becoming lifestyle investors, join me in my Mobile Home Park Masterclass and let's get started on your journey to becoming a lifestyle investor. Visit justindonald.com forward slash MHP for all the details. Yeah, that's awesome. And and the education. You learn something today, you can use that in 20 years, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I just think that people that invest in their peer group and invest in their education are really gonna thrive in the years to come. And so I love seeing you and so many others, you know, really diving in like full, all on, both feet in. Uh, it's really inspiring. And then you're such a giver too. Like you're always saying, Hey, how do I get back? What do you need? How can I support you? And, you know, having people like you in the mastermind that are so focused on making sure that you're reciprocating value, that you're wanting to give more value than you receive is, is palpable. It's powerful. Yeah. And I think that that's, again, that that's universal life that there are, don't just come into anything for what you can get out of it, but look to see how, how do you contribute? And I think that oftentimes, uh, we, I think we all have those, those kind of maybe insecurities or doubts or worries or fears. Like what, what do I bring to the table? And I know how they can benefit me, but I don't, I don't know what I can do to, to benefit them. And so it may not necessarily be something that's super obvious to you. And it may not necessarily be something that you can do today, but again, having that long-term perspective. So if they do need something that they know that they can ask you and that they can reach out to you. And so, you know, even in, in, right before we started recording, you know, you and I were talking briefly about it of, hey, there's nothing specific that, hey, here's a specific tangible thing that I can do. But in general, you know, as it relates to what you're doing to, to build lifestyle investor, here's something I can do to help. Let me know if you need anything. And, you know, no strings attached. No, no, no. like I want to invest in a friend and help a friend. And so if there's anything I can do to help, awesome. If there's not, the offer still stands, you know. So uh, again, I think having that that long-term uh, view of relationships is, is uh, very important. Oh, I love it. Well, and you you made the comment that we become good friends over the time. And sometimes you got to put yourself out there just to have the opportunity to connect with some people, which you did. I want to take it one step further, though, because we've become more than just good friends. We've become pickleball champions together. I saw where that was going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Th- this is powerful because at Front Row Dads, we had a pickleball tournament and uh, just had an absolute blast with it. And and uh, this was right after I had wrist surgery. And I remember uh-huh. my doctor was like, yeah, you can't really do anything. Don't play volleyball. Uh-huh. And I said, I got a pickleball tournament coming up. That seems pretty PG rated. Like I could play in that, right? And he's like, no, you you cannot play in that. And I was like, well, what if I like don't break my wrist at all? I just keep it straight. And he's like, no. And I was like, but I thought to myself, you know what? I think I can play, you know, some temporary pain is worth it for the glory and being yeah, able to rub it in yeah. the face of a, a certain Eric Van Horn. That's right. And I plan to go easy. But I mean, sometimes you get into the moment, one thing leads to the other. And I really hope Eric is listening to this. Eric and Ned Schott were kind of our biggest yeah, rivals. Yeah. And when we beat him in that first game, they wanted a rematch. And so we gave him a rematch and uh, we were able to smoke him again. So uh, I just want to congratulate you as my co-pickleball champion. It's an honor that I I wear with pride. You know, we were talking a little bit beforehand that I think that's also part of uh, when we talk about the lifestyle investor and what that means. Like we we tend to emphasize the investor part, but there is such a lifestyle part. You know, we were talking. I was telling you a little bit beforehand. Uh, in the past few months, I've been playing pickleball three or four days a week for two hours in the morning and just having the freedom and flexibility of I'm going to go play a game and goof off for a couple hours before I start my day. And uh, I'm uh, we usually play from like five thirty to seven thirty getting up at a stupid hour before anybody else in the house is awake and just go like goof off and play, but get the recreation, get the health, get the community, get the competitive spirits uh, going has been so much fun. And it really is like a huge part of being a lifestyle investor is the lifestyle component. Because again, if you, if you build, if you invest really well, but your, your quality of life sucks, like 
well, what's the point? Like you, you, you missed the point, you missed the, the purpose of doing this. And so being a good investor also creates just good uh, freedom and flexibility and autonomy. Those are like values that my family and I, like we really, really value my, my wife's been homeschooling our daughters. Uh, we got three girls. So similar to you, it's a, it's a house full of women. It's the best. I absolutely love it. And so my wife homeschools our, our girls primarily so that we can travel. We have freedom and flexibility. Uh, and part of that is that being able to travel and, and uh, being able to work when and where we want. It's the primary reason that our, our company is virtual is I don't want to go to an office. I'm not going to make anybody else go to an office. I want to work from home. We had a, a team member who worked like six months uh, in an RV, just kind of bouncing around the US with their with their family. We had a guy who his wife's family was a missionary in Africa. And he's like, hey, can I go work over there? I was like, man, if you can make the time zones work, that means you're going to be getting up earlier, staying up later, however that works out. But he worked over in Africa for several months and didn't miss a beat. And so uh, the, the lifestyle component of, again, being an entrepreneur or being an investor is also just so important. Oh, that's such a good point. And I'm glad that you bring it up. And you're such a good example of being a lifestyle investor. Like you embody that you represent exactly what a lifestyle investor is. And I love that you're just constantly upping your game in this category. But most people are trying to accumulate more wealth, more money. And the goal isn't to get more. The goal well, isn't to get more money. The goal is to get more time. It's to buy your time back. How do you buy assets that produce income so that you can spend your time more the way that you desire yeah. inside of passions and projects and things that really fill you up and with the people that you you love the most? And so for a lot of people, it's like, hey, you got to break these, these patterns of always trying to maximize the dollar or always trying to scrimp and save. Like, yeah, maybe you've made a lot of money, but you're living in this scarcity mindset of like, I have to hoard or save or, you know, never spend, I've got to find, you know, buy things on sale, I've got to just be such a, it's like just this extreme view, but it all comes from a scarcity type of angle or mindset. And I just really want to encourage people to live life more today, but responsibly, and at the same time, buying assets that will also create a, a nice future opportunity too. So, you know, having utility today, but then having the opportunity for a brighter future tomorrow. Yeah, and totally. Like when my wife and I got married, we were uh, we were actually we were high school sweethearts. We started dating when I was fifteen; she was seventeen. So, I uh, married myself a cougar. That's incredible. It's been awesome ever since. We've been together for twenty five years. Been married for twenty years, and like I said, we got we got three girls. And so, like when we got married, I was twenty; she was twenty one, twenty two, and like we were broke. Like you're just living on love and figuring it out. And uh, so, yeah, we like we were definitely like. If we're going out to eat. There's no chance that we're getting an appetizer or dessert. Like we're going to split a side salad and everybody's going to have water and we're going to just make it work. And so, yeah, there's definitely like that stage of life. And we look back on and appreciate where life is very, very different today. Going like, I, I think that going through some of those stages of life helps us to appreciate so much more where we are and appreciate like the the work that we've done, the sacrifices that we've made that has, that ha has created the opportunities and, and freedom and flexibility that we have now. Oh, I love it. And speaking of this, so let's dig more into like the value that your company and your brand provides with Speaker Lab. So you went through the hard times, you had hardships, you figured things out, you prevailed, you've joined the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind, you've met some cool people, you've created some cool opportunities, you've got your business that you're scaling over here, you've got your wealth and investments, passive income, tax strategy, all this that you're scaling over here. But let's talk about the benefits that exist inside Speaker Lab. Like, I had someone that I recently uh, referred over to you because he's like, I want to be a speaker and I don't know where to start or how to yeah. get paid gigs. And I'm like, I know the guy. Yeah. I know the guy because he was you at one point. So he's the perfect coach. So I'd love to dig into like, how do people get paid gigs and what's some of the secret sauce that people can expect in working with Speaker Lab? Yeah. So let's kind of zoom out for a second here. So we teach what we call the Speaker Success Roadmap. This is a five-step framework that makes the acronym SPEAK, S-P-E-A-K. And so every speaker at any level and stage, we, we walk this through. So uh, we'll just kind of walk through this real quick, and then we can jump in wherever you want. But the S, to, to kick us off here, the S is to select a problem to solve. Select a problem to solve. And this comes down to two key questions that every speaker needs to answer. You have to be really clear. And to be clear as well, this is not just for speakers. This is for entrepreneurs, business owners, 
of any kind. So number one, you got to be clear on who do you speak to? And number two, what problem do you solve for that audience? And you want to be as specific and narrow and focused as possible here because the, the mistake, the challenge that a lot of speakers and entrepreneurs make is we feel like we need to spread the net as far and wide as possible. And so the more people I can speak to, the more topics I can speak about, the more opportunities I will have. But that's not necessarily the case. So for example, when we ask, who do you speak to? A lot of times people are like, well, I speak to humans. I speak to people. My message is for everybody. But we all know like, if it's for everybody, it's really for nobody at the same time. And so that second question there is, what problem do you solve? Oftentimes when I'll ask speakers, what do you speak about? The reply may be, well, what do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything. I can speak about you know investing and marketing and business and entrepreneurship and family and faith and like on and on the list goes. And again, the reality is, is like you can't do all those things. So one of my favorite analogies that we tell speakers is you want to be the steakhouse and not the buffet. The steakhouse, and not the buffet. Meaning, Justin, if you and I are going out to eat, we're looking for a good steak, like we have a choice. We could go to a buffet where steak is one of a hundred different things that they offer and they're all mediocre. Or we could go to a steakhouse where they do one thing, but they do that one thing really, really, really well. They don't do lasagna. They don't do pasta. They don't do seafood. They don't do tacos. Like they do steak and that is it. And so from the outside, they may be thinking like, well, how do we, you know, how do we appeal to vegetarians? Like you're not trying to appeal to vegetarians. Like you're a steakhouse and that's okay, but we should, we should make tacos. Like, no, no, just be a steakhouse. And again, the, the mistake that so many speakers and entrepreneurs make is we feel like, but there's so many other things that I could do. And I want to be all things to all people. And I know I don't want to limit myself. I want to be this generic Swiss army knife. And that's just not what people are looking for. So that's the first part of the process. If you get that part right, everything else becomes a lot simpler and smoother. And again, that's not exclusive to just speakers. That's for anybody. The second part of the process, the P is to prepare your talk, prepare your talk. So be really, really clear on what's the solution that you can provide. This can come in the form of in-person. There's a lot of virtual we could talk about as well. This could come in the form of keynotes, workshops, breakouts, seminars. There's a lot of different ways that you can provide a solution as a speaker. Next part of the process, the E is to establish yourself as the expert. So there's two key marketing assets that every speaker needs. You need a website and you need a demo video. In this day and age, if you don't have a website, people will not take you seriously. You will not exist. Uh, so you got to have a website. And you also need a demo video. And what exactly is a demo video? So think of this like a, what a movie trailer is. You take a, a two-hour movie, you boil it down to two or three minutes. And within those two or three minutes, you have an idea of who's in it, what's the plot, what's the theme. And the goal of a demo video and the goal of a movie trailer is to make you want to see more. So from an event planner, decision maker standpoint, and they are thinking, okay, we wanna, we're thinking about hiring Justin, right? And so we know of Justin, but if we put him up on our stage, like, is he gonna do a good job? Is he gonna be a fit for our audience? Can he deliver what it is that we're looking for? And so they don't need to see a 60-minute talk in the same way that you don't need to see an entire movie or 30 minutes of a movie. Yeah, I just need to see a couple of minutes of a trailer to give me some sense of, like, maybe that's an amazing movie. Maybe it's going to win a ton of awards, just not my cup of tea, which is fine. So having that demo video helps kind of remove some of the, the potential pressure that an event planner may feel whenever they're considering you. Next part of the process, A, is acquire paid speaking gigs. Acquire paid speaking gigs. Now, the mistake speakers make here is that they say, okay, I got my website, I got my video, I'm clear on who I speak to, I'm clear on what problem I solve. And now I just sit back and I wait for the phone to ring. And it just doesn't work like that. And so this is where you want to be a lot more proactive than reactive instead of assuming people are going to magically find out about you that have a system and process to not only reach out, but to be able to follow up with people as well who are looking for what it is that you have to offer. So if I reach out to uh, an event planner, I'm not trying to convince them to to host an event. Uh, they're already planning on having a, an event or a conference. They're already planning on hiring a speaker. I'm just having a conversation with them about why I'm a good fit for that event. And then the last part of the process, K, is know when to scale. Know when to scale. Meaning, a lot of people who are interested in speaking are also interested in writing a book or doing a course or doing coaching or doing consulting or doing a mastermind or doing live events. And all those things are good. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, but you can't do all the things at once. So something's going to come first. Something's going to come last. So you've got to be really, really clear about how speaking fits into the mix. So again, I know we went through that quickly, but that's kind of a big overarching overview there of what we teach speakers in terms of how do you actually find and book gigs. Mm, that is awesome. And it's very comprehensive. I know what you do, like you're giving an overview here, but I know you get into all the details, which is great. And you've got your secret sauce and the way you do it and the way that you help people monetize. But one of the things that I think is interesting that you do, Grant, is you kind of have this ideology around why 
like speaking is beneficial, even if you don't want to be a full time speaker. And I'd love sure. to hear some of your thoughts around that, because I feel like a lot of people listening, maybe they're not like, hey, yeah, I want to become a speaker. Many of them probably don't want to become speakers. Yep. But how is this beneficial, even if that's not what you want to do for a full time gig? Yeah, that's a great question because there are definitely going to be people who are watching or listening who say, I want to, I would love to do 50, 75, 100 gigs a year. And that's absolutely possible. There's a lot of speakers that do that and others that may be like, I like speaking, but I don't want to do it to that level. And that's fine. It's not that one's better or worse than the other. Like you get to decide what makes sense for you. So you may decide to do five gigs. You may decide to do 50 gigs and both are fine. So one of the things that I think that's important to note is that when we think about speaking, there's a lot of ways that you can derive value from speaking that may not involve whether or not you got a check for an event. And so, for example, anytime you go speak at an event, there's a certain amount of authority, of credibility, of expertise, of recognition, of networking that exists because someone is up on that stage. And so anytime like any of us have been been to an event and you're you're listening to someone, you just there's a certain amount of just like, oh, that person knows what they're talking about. This event is legit. And and if they're gonna have this person come speak of that, then I know I can probably trust that person and, and it just validates that person. So just in terms of just prestige, recognition, credibility, expertise in whatever industry you may be, there are industry events where you can be recognized as the go-to authority and expert just by being a speaker at that type of industry event. So that's one thing to be aware of. Another thing is is that speaking can work really, really well, especially for entrepreneurs who have some type of product or service on the back end. And so speaking can work really well from like a brand building, from an authority building, and also from a lead gen standpoint. And let me give an example. There's a client that we worked with and they did uh, a lot of coaching. And what they would do is they would go speak at events and they would speak for free. And the whole thing was built upon generating leads for their coaching business. Well, their coaching business generated multiple six figures a year, but the whole thing was built upon speaking at the right type of events for lead gen for their coaching business. And so again, depending on the nature of what it is that you're doing, I was talking with at that meetup in St. Louis, you were alluding to, I was talking with one of the, uh, another mastermind member and they run actually a, a fund. And so I was talking with them and they were saying, Hey, how do I find more people that would be investors for my fund? Where are these people going to be? I'd be interested in using speaking for this. So we talked about two questions earlier. You know, who do you speak to? What problem do you solve? But then that third question, there's a third question that we didn't really cover on is where do those people gather? What are the conferences, the events, the associations? And so we were, I was talking with her about like, talk to me about the current investors. And she is in the medical field. She's a physician. And so she has a lot of investors who are physicians. And I said, okay, let's, let's talk about some of the common challenges that they have where you may be able to come in and speak and help solve that problem for the attendees, for the event. But also it can be lead generation for potential investors for your fund. And so for her, it may make, she may get uh, may go speak at something for free and may get nothing. And so on paper, you're thinking like, well, what's the point of that? But the relationships that she's built with potential investors that may invest into her fund or do work with her may be exponentially more valuable than whether or not an event could pay her uh, or how much they paid her. So again, the point being, there's a lot of different ways that you can receive value from speaking that goes way beyond whether or not you got a check from an event. Mm, that's awesome. So much good information there. And yeah, if you can speak... So sometimes the message isn't to be in front of a crowd like on a stage, but it's more, hey, how do I get my message out there to the right people, to a right fit audience? So I think that's incredible. And by the way, this doesn't have to be in person these days. This could yeah. be you speaking on a recording. And in fact, I'd love to talk about with you just how the pandemic has kind of created more opportunities via technology and, and speaking virtually and all the doors that this has opened up for speakers, for your business, for what other people do and the standpoint of like, I see it happening all the time in the investment community of people, you know, speaking, having their investment pitch, you know, wanting to attract more people to watch it and potentially raise funds. So yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. And so I think one of the best things to happen to the speaking industry has been the pandemic. And I know that that sounds weird, but it's created a, a lot of opportunities virtually that largely didn't previously exist. And so prior to the pandemic, virtual speaking wasn't really a thing. It isn't something that a lot of speakers did. It wasn't something that a lot of event planners took seriously. It just kind of existed. And so then the pandemic hits and all live events come to a screeching halt and everyone's kind of like scrambling to figure out virtual. Virtual becomes the only game in town. And what we really predicted would happen, what has really played out is that 
that as live events have come back, they have not come back in replacement of virtual events, but they have come back in addition to virtual events. Now, there's pros and cons with live versus virtual, and we're all very, very aware of that. But virtual has created a, enormous amounts of opportunities that didn't previously exist for speakers. So, you know, even in, in terms of just being a part of the mastermind, there are people who are members who are literally all over the world who are receiving value. We don't all have to be in the same type of place. So there's a lot of speakers that we work with today who are generating significant revenue. One of our coaches uh, will generate close to a million dollars this year from primarily from virtual speaking. And so one of the, the great things in terms of like the lifestyle element is when I was traveling a lot and being gone a lot, my daughters would always ask like, how many sleeps am I going to be gone? And so when you're speaking virtually, like you're gone, none sleeps, you're home. And there's nothing better than sleeping in your own bed and, and being with your with your family and still able to speak and, and make an impact with your message. And so virtual, uh, there's been enormous, enormous opportunities for virtual speaking that, again, largely didn't exist before. Oh, that's awesome, Grant. <laughs> I love when I, my speeches are in Austin. Yeah, I just recently spoke to uh, Keller Williams, and that was incredible at their corporate office for their wealth division. And I just I love local speeches, and I love being able to do stuff via online platforms, whatever that may look like, because I like to stay here in town with my family. So yep. uh, you couldn't have said it better. And uh, I hope more people recognize the huge opportunity. I mean, incredible that one of your coaches almost earned a million dollars, or maybe they earned a million dollars close to that just in the virtual side of speaking. And that is just so incredible of an opportunity. So where can our audience here, uh, those watching and those listening, where can they find out more about you, Grant, and more about Speaker Lab? Yeah, everything we do is over at thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. If you listen to this podcast, and I'm a regular listener as well, but you probably listen to other podcasts as well. We have the Speaker Lab podcast. We've got over 400 episodes there. So a lot of great content there. You can check out, we've got a book called The, the Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, and Building Your Platform. So check that out. That takes that speak framework we talked about earlier and digs deeper there as well. So uh, yeah, anything that we can do to help support speakers, whether you want to speak full-time or just do a little bit here and there, I'm happy to help however we can. Oh, I love it. Well, I highly recommend Speaker Lab. I've sent many people to you myself because I believe in you and what you're building and your organization. And really just in general, I think you're leveling up. If you're building another skill set, I mean, this is going to be applicable in some way, shape or form. And so I just think it makes sense to dive in. So thanks for sharing, Grant. And to anyone who had a chance to watch today or listen and you're just curious a little bit more about how to invest in lifestyle investor deals or how to save more in taxes or how do you connect with more like-minded and highly successful people, I would really encourage you to apply for the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind. It's the world's most exclusive mastermind that turns everyday people into savvy investors who regain their time, they regain control of their time, and, and really they build their wealth along the way with invisible deals, with pre-negotiated preferred terms in a way where there's accelerated returns in many cases or very de-risked in many cases. So you can learn more at lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash mastermind. And I want to end today the way I end every week, which is this. What is one step that you can take today to move towards financial freedom and living a life that you desire by your design on your terms, not by default, but with intentionality in a way that will inspire you and inspire others. Thanks so much. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who could benefit from this episode, would you share it with them right now? Who knows? Maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all the resources mentioned, visit www.justindonald.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for listening. And I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor. 